0: Don't go after the money, go after the, the work that you enjoy doing, the field that you enjoy doing. And I think in the long run, it will enable you to go through the, the difficult times.
1: Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today I am welcomed from across the pond, Alex Icon. Welcome to the show.
0: Good to be here. Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, thank you for being here. So, Alex is uh, the co founder of Intelligent Chains and Luxie Hair. And he also now, uh, nowadays, he'll, he's also an angel investor uh, for brands like Calm and June. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Awesome. So, uh, I just asked you this in the pre interview, but we're going to get back into it. Uh, so, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, you know, how did, how did getting fired from your job at the bank change your life?
0: Uh, yeah, I would say it was. Um a great experience how you can turn around a very traumatic event to be one of the best events of your life. So, you know, looking back, life makes uh, sense a lot more. So at that time I really thought I was going to be, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, be a banker. I really want to aspire and be that I, you know, I, I got into a bank before I went to university and I thought, Hey, I'm really kind of going to be on my way, you know, <laughs> to the top. And, but how I guess it really changed my life was that it really set me on that path to, to become an entrepreneur. Because what being fired taught me was that, you know, in big organizations, there's nothing wrong with them, but um, you are in a sense of number. And if you don't follow policy, no matter how great you are, because, um, you know, um, at that time when I got fired, I was, you know, working full time at the bank, I was full time in university. And I still had a side business, like a side hustle that's very popular now on the side. And that side hustle is the thing that got me fired. And um and that was great, you know, it was great that that thing got me fired because it was kind of like, you know, it's against policy to be doing something else while you're doing your kind of day job. And I understand, you know, if anybody was working for me and they're doing their side business during the time I paid them, I'll probably be pissed off as well. But at the same time, you can be like, hey, like, how are you managing all this? You're performing at work. You have a side business. You're at school. Obviously, you have a lot of capabilities to do something more. But a lot of times in big organizations, they just don't care about that. And it's easier for them to just get rid of you uh, so that you don't disrupt anything. Uh, however, in being an entrepreneur, one of the most, I guess, important qualities is to be able to think outside the box, is to be able to really disrupt uh, processes and uh, look for leverage
1: where it exists. Awesome. Now, was that side hustle that you were talking about? Was that Luxie Hair?
0: No, no not at all. That was before Luxie Hair. So, this was our uh, we shipping cars, me and my friend from, uh, he would get clients in Russia. And we kind of like brokered. it. We'd buy the car for them and ship it over. It was just like, it didn't last too long. But <laughs>
1: you know. hey, I got to respect the hustle.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do whatever to make some dollars. Yeah. You know?
1: Absolutely. So, how long after uh, you exited the bank did uh, the beginnings of Luxie Hair come around?
0: Uh, it took almost two years. So I gave my, I had about two years left of school left. And I said, hey, while I'm in school, I'm just going to try doing entrepreneurial things and not go back to nine to five. And fairly quickly, I would say, I guess not fairly quickly. It took about two years. And Luxie really took off right before we're about to run out of money. And I just finished university. And I was like, okay, it's time to kind of Get a job because I said, you know, I'll, I'll toy around with this entrepreneurial thing until I get my degree. And then, if anything, after I'll just go back to like corporate. And we're just running out of money and me and my wife. And it was just about that time that we did the Hail Mary and uh, Luxie Hair, which was great.
1: Cool. So, for, for those of uh, the listeners that are kind of unfamiliar with the brand, uh, you want to give us the, the quick rundown of what Luxy Hair is and kind of like that journey?
0: Yeah, sure. So Lexi Hair is a direct to consumer, um, hair extension brand. So the main product is hair extensions. And we we're one of the first, you know, before even direct to consumer was hot or interesting, uh, we built a direct to consumer business. And it was really, the idea was not to build this big business. It was really a lifestyle business. And it really took off, uh, because we were utilized because we didn't have a lot of money for marketing. But we utilized, uh, social networks like YouTube. And even like forums back in the day, uh, even like Reddit is still popular, but like Reddit, Yahoo Answers, all whatever we can get on. Uh, but the way the business really took off was because of YouTube and the YouTube content library that we built up and it became one of the largest, uh, YouTube channels all about hair, you know, more than 3 million subscribers. I guess like almost like a half a billion views now. Uh, a lot of videos with like you know, 10, 20 million views from those early on days. And it was just, you know, sometimes you, even though you, looking back, people would be like, oh, it's too late. There's already like, you know, Michelle falling out there that existed and other beauty uh, bloggers. But we still entered the space and we still found our niche and were successful. But right away, we did it not to, you know, become influencers in a way, but we came to do it because we knew right away this was just a great uh, platform for. The marketing for leads, you know, um, and we really believe in content marketing. And that's what really grew our business fairly really quickly.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Support for today's podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24 7 sales and customer service on your e commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms, so, setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on demand, US based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. There are no hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free seven day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's A-I slash H O N E S T. And so, when did I like how you said it at the beginning? It was a lifestyle business. And, you know, since I kind of read up on you, I kind of know what happened at the end there. So, when did it change from being a lifestyle business to like, hey, we might sell this thing?
0: Um, yeah, I guess we never really thought about really scaling to like, to even like sell a business, that's not the, what we were thinking about. Um, however, you know, our goal initially was to make just like $1,500 like a month each. And we would have been happy because uh, we're just, you know, students living like my mom. So that's all we needed. And uh, but however, as the business started growing and we started, you know, we hit seven figures in our first year, we realized, wow, there's a lot of potential here and opportunity. And we still kind of did lifestyle. Stuff for the next three years, three four years, uh, not really taking it seriously. Uh, however, then what started happening is um, private equity companies started approaching us and you'd be like, "Hey, I was just, you know, we're from venture capital or private equity. Want to chat?" I'm like, "Sure, whatever." I remember even taking a meeting with um, I think it was you know some big firm on Sand Hill Road, the big venture capital, it was Sequoia. Somebody from Sequoia is like a big tech for some reason. I don't know why they're Getting in touch with a hair extension company. I think one of the partners, his wife, was one of our customers, and he's just like, you know, I remember we're in San Francisco. He's like, hey, come down. We met him on Sand Hill Road. They're just talking to us about the business, like how big is it? What's the market opportunity? All this stuff. We didn't care to pitch or raise money, and but I guess then we realized, wow, okay, there's some potential. And then a little later down the year, we also met some other private equity people in New York. And they were actually really serious. They gave us an offer, like term sheet, like their whole real deal. And but I think they saw it, that we weren't kind of experienced and gave us kind of it was still a pretty good offer, but it was still pretty low ball, uh, considering through the valuation we were able to get after when we sold the company. Uh, but I would say around that time, it kind of really it got me moving around this idea of like, oh, you can actually build the business and like like sell it. Uh, for multiples or you know year for your profits for the future, which was a really interesting concept so um so that's really how it all started you know, with that idea, I would say.
1: Yeah, so what's that whole process like of getting acquired once you guys definitely started taking it more seriously? What are some of the things that people wouldn't think about?
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Um, so, how much due diligence did you guys have to do with your accounting? Like, you know, what are some of the parts of that process of getting acquired that, you know, were either surprising or, or, or a bit tough?
0: Uh, I, I don't think they were surprising at all. Because what happened was, I guess, as we got this idea from speaking to a lot of private equity people, I kind of reverse engineered and asked them what they're looking for. You know, in terms of how to raise valuations, how to get better, better valuations. And it, it does take a lot regards to, you know, how do you have a business that can run and sustain on its own without, you know, because I think you only become an entrepreneur when the business actually doesn't require you. And this is where a lot of people, even nowadays, you know, they call themselves entrepreneurs, but you're not really entrepreneurs. Even if you have a large business, but the business still relies on you, you're still self employed. Um, and what, I, what a lot of these private equity venture capital people maybe realize is that, you know, entrepreneurship is when you build a system, you need to build processes uh, where uh, you're able to get those repeatable customers and systems in place. And that's when we started really building a team because before that, we would just have like, you know, two customer service people and one social media person, you know. And then we realized we need to build, build a bigger team that uh, it can go without us, and that doesn't require me me for marketing or myself for management or anything like that. That's when we started hiring, you know, uh, Lulu, who then became, uh, you know, she was first just an operations assistant. She then became a general manager, and we started building out the team. Um, and so, I guess in that whole process, uh, Lulu was really great. She managed that kind of that whole. Building a build up and process like she's really good at processes, and so it's really about you know having people on your team who can create a lot of those systems. So, Lulu is really in charge of like, getting that back end, those finances in order, all that stuff. And uh, when it came to sell, you know, we work with like an investment banker, but you know, lots of lessons there. I wouldn't go that route with working with the individual that we did, but it's all really about, I'll say, you know, getting your house in order, being organized. And that's what the, right, the buyer wants. Because in a way, uh, if you're looking to uh, to sell your business, somebody's looking for, you know, uh, kind of a ready package that is able to reproduce income for them. Uh, because I remember you know, a big lesson. One of my friends who sold businesses before said, "He said, you know, you shouldn't really think of selling your business because if somebody wants to buy your business, most likely is because it's going to create income for them. Because once you get acquired and you get liquid capital." Okay, what are you going to do with it now? You pay taxes on it. After you pay taxes on it, what is left over? How can you you recreate the same cash flow that your business was generating before? It's actually pretty tough. Um, So it has to be a very compelling reason for you to sell your business. Otherwise, I think you're better off long term sticking around the same business.
1: Yeah, I kind of uh, I I believe that you know everyone's talking about scaling these businesses as big as possible and like you know how can we scale especially with Shopify and just how direct consumers going with like performance marketing and stuff and almost like lifestyle businesses in a sense these days have gotten like a bad rap, Uh, but I I don't think that's necessarily. A valid perspective have. I think a lifestyle business. If you want to build up a successful income for yourself on a business uh, and kind of have it run itself, I I think that that's perfectly fine. No one says you have to be the biggest fish in the pond.
0: No, I I actually don't think. I agree with you, and I think most people should actually focus on building good long term businesses, uh, mostly for themselves. And the 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 reason it's a bad rap is just a bad rap for private equity for venture capital people. You know, they don't like. People like myself who are more comfortable, who are relaxed, um, who are you know, who are, are not trying to grow and make money as much as possible—it's just not interesting for them. So then they portray it kind of lifestyle entrepreneurs as you know, it's, it's not interesting for them.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. So I got I got a two-part question mm-hmm. kind of about the journey of Luxie Hair. So the first would would be like what was the biggest failure that you guys overcame and I mean, or the biggest lesson learned? And then on the flip side like what was the biggest win uh within building the business?
0: Um I think the biggest like I said learning has always been uh the importance of building a team. I think people, if you really like I said want to scale a business and build a bigger business beyond yourself, it's like how do you go beyond your capabilities? I think this is where most people get stuck is that they're try to do everything themselves and i'm 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 there myself, you know that's something I still struggle with to this day. Uh, so that's a big learning. how you can really just grow faster and better and build just better systems and create a better experience for your customers when you have a better team put together with great people and uh, the second part. I guess but what was the second part? to remind me.
1: What was the what was the biggest win?
0: The, well the biggest win is definitely creating uh, freedom for yourself, right? Yeah. I think you know, I think now even even early in the business, I don't think really much has changed. You know, post acquisition, I still now I just okay, I just have more money in my bank account, but uh, in reality I, my lifestyle is the same as it was before as it is now because I've always put lifestyle as a priority. So and my my choice, I think, and why a lot of people should or want to become entrepreneurs is freedom and freedom, not just like to to you know be on a beach all the day, but it, I guess the, the idea of freedom for me is really to be able to choose what you want to work on, the projects you want to work on, and you know when you go into work and how you work and all that stuff. So that's freedom for myself. That was the biggest win.
1: That's awesome. You know what's really funny here is because I've got a list of questions in front of me that I haven't shared with Alex. And he's just like naturally progressing into the next question somehow. <laughs> You've got like a, a <laughs> fifth sense here or something.
0: I know you, you said you, you want to send me the questions. I'm like, dude, I don't do that. I, I just go with the flow. Awesome.
1: Let's be honest today all of your customers are going to have questions and what are you doing to manage all those questions do you have a help desk for your business one of our sponsors of today's episode is gorgeous and gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce it integrates seamlessly with shopify we have installed it on a bunch of stores it's also used by brands like movement and Rothy's. and what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S T to get your second month free. Yeah, so my next question was: you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit, was so like what's life like for you these days? And kind of talk a bit more about angel investing and like what are you looking for in brands on now that you're kind of on the other side of it?
0: No, but I've always been in investing kind of just even like I said, <laughs> nothing has really changed. Uh, the only thing that's changed is I have no employees, <laughs> which just sucks. Um, I'm from, so I'm looking forward to actually having more employees again. Uh, I'll get into that. But uh, with angel investing, I always done it just kind of like on the side, just for fun. Um, mostly through um, AngelList. Um, I think there, like I said, it's, I, I wouldn't recommend for anybody to do it. It's an expensive hobby, um, and sometimes you know you get a, a hit. So hopefully, you know my common, even though calm investment was one of my earliest, smallest investments. Uh, I hopefully, it will return my overall <laughs> uh, portfolio of investments. Uh, but it's really just looking for. Yeah, I think that my best investments I've done are the ones who I which I understood. But like going back to the calm one. Um, like I said, it was through Jason Calacanis, Syndicate and Angelist. And when I looked at it, I'm like, I don't think this is really a venture backed business that's going to scale, but I just, I'll, just give them, I'll just throw them like a small amount of money because just because I, I believe in the concept of like mindfulness, uh, meditation, all that stuff. And that did really well. So I think my, uh, and whenever I try to like invest in like data tech companies that I, I know nothing about, but I'm like, oh, sure, cool, it sounds cool. Those actually didn't do so well. So it really goes to that, to that rule of, you know, Warren Buffett. You know, invest the what you understand. Um, and, and then, um, yeah. So that that's that's pretty much it. That's kind of uh, my strategy for investing.
1: I mean, I I couldn't agree more. If you don't understand it, how do you know if it's a good idea? It's just other. It's it's other people telling you.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like 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 lifestyle. But on your second part of the question, like the rest of lifestyle. Um, yeah, nothing has really changed. Uh, I think the only thing is, as I commented, is just it's so much harder without employees. Like when you have a when you have a team to support what you do, and when you grow, it's just so much easier. Uh, it sucks to do things on your own.
1: I'm going through that pain point right now. If anyone listening is a developer and you want a job, hit me up. By the way yeah definitely cool uh so so before I let you go here, is there any other advice that you'd like to share with like young entrepreneurs you know uh, a lot of our listeners are you know in the e commerce space starting in SMB, something like that so anything else that you'd like to share
0: um I think going to that advice i was saying about investments is same thing with the business is uh you know the reason is we sold Luxie hair is not because it wasn't a great business or like that or because it gave us a big return as I said earlier is that You know, selling a business is actually like, it's not a smart move, I think, unless you're getting totally outsized return. The reason we sold is because we weren't fully still passionate about the business long term. And I think um, this is where I'm at now with Intelligent Change. You know, I just bought out my business partner and I'll be focusing on that, you know, like kind of full time long term is because, and I sold the previous business, I just wasn't interested in that business. So I think the, the opportunity and the main lesson is: don't do business for money. You, you can because it you can skip that step and go right into working on a business that you're actually passionate about, or you at least you're you know a lot of say thing people say oh don't follow your passion, but I still believe you have to have to have some sort of interest in that industry that you're doing. So for me, doing hair extensions like it was great. I'm very grateful. It has allowed me to have the platform. Like I have to invest to do other businesses to all that stuff. But in reality, maybe, you know, I started intelligent change in 2013. If I, if I, and that's the same time Com started. So if I actually focus on that business and build more, you know, digital apps, focus on the 500 journal app, focus on other applications, focused on other products in that business, maybe that business could have been like 10 times bigger than Alexia. Yeah, who knew? Because I was more interested in that category and that business. So all I would say to anybody is like, don't go after the money. Go after the the work that you enjoy doing, the feel that you enjoy doing. And I think in a long run, it will enable you to go through the the difficult times because for sure, guaranteed, um, having a business is very difficult. Um, and the, the why it's difficult is because it truly relies on you. And it's all about you take responsibility for everything. It's it's nobody else's fault. It's your fault as a as a leader. So that's kind of the thing go after and do what actually are you're interested in and not just because it's going to make you the most amount of money. Cause long-term, even if you're, I've met lots of people who make lots of money, but if they're not passionate about what they're doing or they're interested in what they're doing, they're just miserable. Uh, And they go miserable to work. They go miserable in their day to day life, even if they have a lot of money.
1: That's amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, before we go here, if, uh, if any people want to learn more about you and what you've got going on, uh, where should they go? What should they do?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely check out intelligencechange.com. That's, I guess, where a lot of the focus is going to go into right now. And you can also follow me on Instagram at AlexIcon, I K O N N, two Ns. Um, and on YouTube as well. I haven't posted videos in a while. But hey, who knows? Maybe I'll start again. But I have a lot of content from back in the day that's you know, educational or inspiring, and motivating. Uh, so you should definitely check it out.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot for your time. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io/connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.